so what's up everybody? Today we have a special guest. I have my cousin-in-law here with me, my man Joe Bizanis. What's up? What's up everybody? Joe Bizanis with Keep It Moving. So Joe, for anybody out there who doesn't know who you are, okay. enlighten us please. Well, like John said, I'm Joe Bizanis uh, of Keep It Moving, Moving and Deliveries. I move furniture all around. I am a GED recipient. Very proud of. Good enough degree. Holla, holla, holla. Holla to the education system. Uh, yeah, started a little over a year ago doing my own thing. And uh, yeah, it's an awesome business to be in. So, <clears throat> first off, that's an awesome start because talk to, talk to people out there. When you say GED, mm-hmm. I need to, they need to know the story of like, you didn't actually, like you didn't finish college like as a senior. Oh, no, I didn't finish I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant you didn't finish high school as like a senior. No. Like, talk to us about that. So I left high school at the uh, the ripe age of just turned 17. A uh, lot going on with the family at the time, so didn't wasn't for me. I went and immediately got my GED, better referred to as a good enough degree. Uh, frowned upon in today's society, unfortunately, but that's why I had to kind of carve out my own path a little bit. Savage. I try. So, yeah. So you carved your own path? I like to think so. I think... Um, People that didn't go the traditional route into the education system, go through college, were automatically viewed uh, a lot differently from people uh, who went that traditional route. So I wasn't really getting any uh, jobs that were going to give me any sort of longevity and make me able to build the life that I want to build. So um, I really had to dig deep and pull out the entre- entrepreneur myself to, uh, to be- become something. Tell me, though, tell me, though, how people who didn't go to college run the world, though. <laughs> I mean, I like to think we do. We, we, we're automatically, I think we think outside the box a little more, uh, natural rebels. And I think you need those kind of traits if you want to start your own business or do anything for yourself. Hundred, uh, literally a hundred percent. The biggest, the biggest thing is that I feel like, I feel like enough people don't realize that like, that's, that's, that's like crazy, dude. The fact that like mo- the world, what I'm trying to say is the world looks at school, like in order to be successful, you got to get through those, you got to stay in those lines, you got to go do your time in the education system, and then you have the shot of being successful. But, so like, I didn't go to college, or I dropped out of college, but you got your good enough degree, <laughs> which, which do that, and it's crazy, and now you're, you know, you have your own company, so talk about keep it moving, you know, like what, like what, how did it get started? Uh, I, like I said, I started about uh, a year ago, just coming off working for other people, working for other companies in the business. And I didn't, obviously didn't like how people were doing things. Um, I, I couldn't sell somebody else. I can only sell myself and uh, what I can do for people. And when I came to that conclusion, I was like, I gotta just go out and, and go for it. So I, you know, rubbed all my dimes together, bought my first van and, uh, I actually started by doing uh, door-to-door sales, technically, I guess you consider them, where I knocked on... That old-school game. I'm very old. I'm nothing if not old-school. Me too. I know that. So I went to all the furniture stores in the Monmouth and Ocean area in New Jersey and literally said, my show is honest, I'm trying to start this company, Uh, please give me a chance, you know, I'll take care of you, I'll wrap everything, I'll put, you know, felt pads in the bottom of all your customers' furniture, I handle everything with the utmost care. And a couple of people gave me a shot, and it snowballed from there. Like I'm completely word of mouth, and it's been you know I'm working pretty much seven days a week. That's fire, man. And so, starting, so what was it that gave you the entrepreneur bug? 
probably my, my wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Shout out to Bree, who's actually my matchmaker. Yes, which is also a great story, which we'll probably have to tell. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, I mean, seeing the kind of hustle that she had uh, and knowing I had, I knew I always had that inner hustle in me, but I was lying dormant. And, uh, you know, I feel like when you meet somebody special, it kind of like unravels that in you. And I said, like, listen, I got to build something for not only me, but for this person. And uh, yeah, I dove right in. Didn't want to look like a bum, so. You know what? So, part of so Joe before before Joe like we started this podcast. Joe was asking me, so what's the topic? What are we doing here? And so because I'm a, I'm a spontaneous motherfucker, uh, I didn't t- <laughs> I didn't tell Joe, um, but that's exactly what it is. Before you just said, um, so when Joe was in the earlier stages of starting his business, we were at a, a, a sushi place, me, him, and uh, and our now wives, and. I had a rough week and Joe came up when I was telling Joe about it and I was like, yeah, man, it's been a tough week, whatever. And I'm always, I'm always optimistic about it, but that it was, it was a tough week. So I was a little bit mellow. And again, you said something that transformed a big thought. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening around the world need to understand that. It's like when I was upset, you said, you said, what'd you say to me? I was like, Joe, it's like, yeah, I have all this stuff going on. Like clients being crazy. Yeah. And then you said... Well, at the time, I was working for other companies, and I felt like I had no control over my life. And then I see John, and I, without, don't tear up when I say this, but I looked up to a guy like him uh, who was killing it in the game. And, you know, he came over and he's like, yeah, man, I had a rough week. And I said, yeah, but you're doing it for you, man. I said, you're doing it for you. And I think uh, I saw a little light go on in your head when I said that. So, Honestly... <clears throat> That right there, for anybody who is an actual entrepreneur, when you said that, like, I still get chills to this day, bro. Like, I still get chills to this day because not enough people think that way. And that's how you know you had that fucking entrepreneur bug in you laying dormant. Because when you said that, that's something that somebody who is an entrepreneur would say. Like, not somebody who's a clock puncher, not somebody who works for the man. What you said there was something that penetrated me. And the crazy part, you say a lot of things like that. (laughs) Have that effect on people. But... The biggest thing is that like any entrepreneur, dude, I want you to tell a story about what happened with that one fucking situation where you went down to South Carolina in a bit, but, but, but the whole thing is like the theme of the theme of this podcast for anybody that's listening in, it's about understanding that being an entrepreneur is a fucking shit show of amazing things happening, making money to shitty things happening to solving problems, to dealing with issues and, and the list goes on and on, but when you're in the middle of, when you're in the thick of it, and you have all this stuff happening, you're busy as fuck, and things are going wrong here and there, and you have to fix it. Like, going back to that base of like, at least I'm doing it for my family. At least I'm doing it for me. That is powerful. So, the whole theme of this podcast is going to be mixed in with, number one, if you're an entrepreneur, and you own a business, and you have shit on your plate, everybody at one point wanted that shit. Like, we all started at a place where we didn't have money or, you know, we weren't like, you know, crushing it by any means necessary financially or, or in your life happy. And you wanted all this stuff. You wanted to be busy. You wanted to be able to like, you know, have the things that you have now. But now that you have it, it comes with problems. It comes with a fucking, it's like, it's like, you know, when you buy a toy, battery's not included. Listen, more mo money, more problems. More money, more problems. Exactly. And so like the more things you take on, the busier you get, the more you hustle, 
the more problems there are going to be. And it's totally dependent upon your perception and how you react to those problems. So thank you for saying that, first and foremost, because that was huge. Like, that was huge. So help you God. So, <laughs> um, but that was, that was huge. So um, speaking of that, and also we're going to tie into some education stuff too. Um, us both being uh, non, non-college uh, graduates. Couple dropouts. Yeah, a couple dropouts. But tell us, because I like to, this, this whole podcast is not about just the sexy stuff of business. It's not just about like, oh, Joe's crushing it. Now Joe's making money and John's making money and this entrepreneur's making money. We want to know the fucking nitty gritty. Yeah. So tell everybody that's listening because this is a <laughs> this is crazy. What happened like in this fucking crazy scenario that you told me the other day? So this was a John. John called me fresh after a, a shit show of a job. Um, you know, if you, from any business owner standpoint, even if someone's a referral, even if you think you know somebody, you, you really have to, you know cross your T's and dot your I's. So I had a referral, close customer of mine referred a friend of theirs. Um, this person told me uh, it, the job would be, you know, XYZ size. So I came equipped with the, the vehicle to accommodate XYZ size. Um, I get there, there's like double the amount of stuff that I'm supposed to be transporting 13 hours and 800 miles away to South Carolina. Yeah, so, so, so to give them the glimpse, you're from... Jersey, I'm Brick, New Jersey. From New Jersey. And now we're talking about South Carolina. Continue. The, the South one, not even the North one. So uh, I get there, and me trying to accommodate everybody who I come in contact with, especially them being a referral of a close customer, I end up going to get the right truck, even after I already loaded my uh, truck that I own and having to um, just jump through hoops for this person. I end up driving 13 hours down south. The second I get down there, I immediately start unloading it. Come to find out, not only did they underestimate the amount of stuff, but uh, I thought I was unloading into one apartment. It was two apartments. This person's family member was also moving down with them, which I wasn't also told to be with anyway. So just, just, uh, just I don't want to use the word lie, but misinformation after misinformation, um, which is why you really do have to, uh, like I said, cross your T's and dot your I's uh, before, before jumping into it. Make sure you have money down and make sure you have the, everything in writing that you need because long story short um, I finished the job uh, I rented a one a one way truck to get down there um, so I, I'm flying home and I this person ends up stiffing me for, for a large sum of money and um, after after fucking driving that distance yeah. after taking getting on a plane yeah. and driving back the whole way home was was this in your head Okay. <laughs> it's the cartoony version. It's a little worse, but I felt absolutely defeated. I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I put in 35, 35 hours of work. Thirty straight, hours, straight. Without, without. And there's 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So over a full day of work, and it was a massive learning lesson for me. You know, me being in business for just over a year. Um, you know, you, you just try to do your best by people, but at, by the end of the day, you have to protect yourself. And have even if you think you know you're doing a, it's a little favor, whatever you want to call it, and that's how I viewed it. It was almost more like I was trying to be more of a, a friend business to this person as opposed to coming at them as a business. So right, I learned a hard lesson, and um, I promise you that will not happen again. The biggest thing is you—you you literally, we didn't go to college, no. so 
we didn't learn certain lessons that I still believe that they don't teach you in college. They can't teach you this shit. They, you, you have to learn this shit on the fucking streets. And so the biggest thing, though, is like we joked around. We said that was your, that was your Harvard that education. Was Harvard <laughs> that was your Harvard education. Um, but the biggest thing, though, is that like that right there signifies it's the proverbial kicking the fucking nuts for being an entrepreneur. Yes. Because you can't – dude, listen. You and I both – you work in a service-based business that's based – the satisfaction and the success has to take place through a human. Yep. Meaning whether it's you on the job or maybe one of your people on the job or the person who your customer is giving you an accurate or not accurate description of the job. Like these are things that are all factors in the fucking game. Yep. And so it's impossible to be perfect. You can get close to being flawless with your process and strategy. But that's the, that's the part of being an entrepreneur that people need to be more well-rounded and ready for. You have to have thick skin. Oh, that, that right there, like, that will never happen again. Like, no. you know, in your life, for you, that will never happen again. Because now you're going to be ready for it. Right. <laughs> but, but just think about this. Like, I truly believe that as an entrepreneur, you get tested repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly over a bunch of shit. But for this... You got fucking tested and you are so blessed that you got tested for a, for a, a delivery this size. Because imagine, dude, that this happened, but it was like a fucking 30K job. Yeah, like, like, that's what I'm saying. So, but, you know, I think that, you know, listen, I'm religious. I believe in God. I think that being an entrepreneur and I think that God tests you as an entrepreneur and that this right here was your test. Because if it was a big job, dude, this is where, like, it could ruin somebody. Mm-hmm. So the fact is it happened on a little gig. Even though for you right now it's a pretty decent gig, but Still, at scheme, least things is nothing. in the big picture, it's a freckle on a dog's ass. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> you know, like in fucking a Men in Black, you know how like the whole entire no no no, no I'm sorry, yeah, you know how, like the whole planet was on a little cat's chain. Is that what it was? That's what it was. In the big scheme of things, dude, it's just this little fucking tiny little dot. That's it. That's it. Little, it. But so playing that into school, right? So for the people for the people out there. Like now, when you didn't like when you dropped out, mm-hmm. was there a part of you that was like "fuck, I'm a failure"? Like, what were you thinking when you dropped out of high school? Less, honestly, less so because I felt more more like a failure when I had teachers. Uh, I had teachers coming up to me like, "Hey, Joe, did, did you do your homework today?" No, you didn't. I don't even know why I'm asking you. Just treating me like I got not like they, they didn't give me the, the tools, in my opinion, to to succeed. And I think that's a problem with the whole education system collectively. That's a whole bigger issue. But I, I felt more afraid when I dropped out because, I mean, I left all my friends behind and, and still in school. Um, there's obviously a stigma attached to someone. They make you make it seem like you're not a quitter. But um, they, they didn't give me the, the, the stimulation I needed. It, it, it has nothing to do with intelligence. They didn't stimulate me. They didn't give me anything I wanted to learn. And they weren't teaching me things that I thought were valuable. Right. So, it was mostly fear when I left, uh, think, I, but I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I did, the uncertainty definitely um, stuck with me for a little bit while I was trying to find my way. I love that, man. And you know what? The funny part, though, is, is like now the people who are putting you down, like the teachers, first of all, besides the fact that that's fucked up, that the people who are running or who are molding the minds of the, of the next generation could fucking even think about saying some shit like that or even like wouldn't come from a place like hey Joe listen like you're not doing your work I want you to be better like why aren't you doing work let's talk about this like as well as like oh of course you didn't do your work like 
that's the bullshit that certain people listen. Some people are fucking sensitive. So when people say shit like that, it impacts them, and they think forever they're a failure, and like that everyone's gonna think they're a shitty person or a worker. But the biggest thing is like, just like you had that experience with multiple teachers saying that to you, or a teacher saying that to you. I had an experience too when I was in eighth grade. I got I was terrible with my grades in in, in middle school, but um, I had like three Fs, and I was just about to get kicked off of the wrestling team. And then, and then I did, and because my grades are so bad, and um, my I had because again throughout my entire education system or career or whatever I was in, um, from literally as an elementary to where we are now, I have not literally been in a classroom without an aide in there with me. I've like we've been on those remedial classes, and one of my aides in eighth grade when I got kicked off the wrestling team was like, John, she gave me a fucking pamphlet for vocational school. Now. I'm in eighth grade. I'm not graduating high school yet. And she's like, hey, I don't think you're college material. So you should start looking into this and considering this. And whether she was coming from a great place or not, like in, the, in that moment, I was like, wow, I suck. Like I'm fucking and, – and it really, really upset me that moment. But she was right. I ain't college material. I ain't even remotely close to college material. And, you know, the thing is though is that like nowadays like – if, like, when you hear people like that, because when you're younger, a lot of people are saying shit like that. They're, they're being stupid. So many teachers have said shit like that. There's a lot of good teachers. There's a lot of teachers who need of to course, change what they're doing. Yeah. But now, seeing what you're doing, now seeing what I'm doing, going back to talking to that same teacher or teachers like that, now it's like, hey, so you didn't expect me to do this, but what do you think now? And then you just all of a sudden hear... ready but there's crickets because realistically you never know and that's why it's like the educate part of if you're going to become a teacher i truly feel that part of part of your education in becoming a teacher should be about a huge factor a huge percentage of that should be psychology and understanding how delicate minds are and how sensitive people are in those states too like when you're in middle school and high school and fucking elementary school that's when you're sensitive you're impression you're very impressionable insecure so when somebody says some shit like that to you, that could fuck with you. And that's what's wrong with the school system right now. And there's two things from what you said I, I really that really stuck with me. There's two things that bothered me what that guidance counselor or teacher said to you. One, uh, I don't like how the vocational program is is looked at like the, the rejects mm-hmm. because working with your hands and is incredibly noble and there's Hell yeah. Bajillionaires out there that started as carpenters, electricians, blue collar, blue collar, fucking billionaires. I think uh, there's a, there's a genius in that that has nothing to do with college. Like there's so many people that can't you know spack a hole in the wall, and they're, they're calling you know co- contractors, guys like me, to come in and do it. And there is absolutely uh, an honor and, and uh, to doing that type of work as well. So she, because that stigma is attached to it, she made you feel bad as an individual. Right. Um, aside from just the fact that she. The college was always looked at when we were growing up as like the end game, the end all, like what you need to do. So right. there's multiple problems with, with, with how people view both of those things. Right. And that's – in that right there, you hit the fucking nail on the head. Blue collar – blue collar people who start – whether it's blue collar industries like AC you know, and um, heating cooling systems and like putting on roofs or being a contractor. Some of these people are fucking murdering the game. And crushing it. So it's like the perception. We live in a world now where everybody's very transparent. 
the internet's here so you can look things up and have the answers to them in two seconds. But I think more and more and more people like you and I and entrepreneurs like out there who are listening right now who didn't finish college or, um, or maybe did go to college and didn't take the right route and didn't go for their, for their actual major, which almost like 80% of people don't. You just go to drink and throw up on yourself. But like the whole thing though is that like when you look at the people who are the contractors, the, you know, the, the floor installers or anybody like that, those people are hiring the people who went to college because they're not doing the right thing. So it's like the system is fucked when people say stuff like that because they make you feel like you're lower. But, they're, but because they have the negligence of thinking that way and they're ignorant to understanding that that's ass backwards. The people who are doing that stuff are making money. Even if, even if you're in a fucking union, like you're still most likely going to be making more job, make more money out of somebody who went to college. You definitely are. And I you have better perks. Yeah. Yeah. I work for the st- uh, stage union in Philadelphia, IOTC Local 8. Um, great, great union, great everything just wasn't for me. I, mean, I needed to carve mm-hmm. my own path. But yeah, those guys are, they're doing pretty damn well. And a lot of them just kind of went from, went from high school to that. Right. And no, nobody thinks about that. Right. When they're trying to plan a future, like unless they have a father or an uncle who are in the union or are a contractor, a lot of people are blinded to it. Your everyday person is going to just listen to their teachers, listen to their parents. Right. And it's just like an ongoing chain that needs to be broken. It, it certainly does. And I, I love that because so many people look at those things the wrong way. Like you said it yourself when we were talking about your, your one boss the uh, who probably will never listen to it. So that fucking schlep. So, but but when you're talking about your your past boss for the same industry that you're in, you were talking to me about how like it's it's filled with like people who are drug addicts and this and that. And this guy ran it like a fucking idiot. But like, I love that you're changing that. Like for for your business again, it's it's a it's a, a snowball's chance in hell if I'm getting you drunk off whiskey these days anymore. So you have your head on right. You're doing the right things. Like. For people out there who are trying to start, right? Because like you're a year in, right? But people out there who are on day two, what advice do you have? Yeah. Um, I would say you you have to go for it. Don't listen to people who uh, tell you it can't happen because they're probably not doing shit. Um, (laughs) I guarantee you that. Um, I would say always protect yourself. Always keep positive even when you're making, you know, $100 in a week. It's scary Mm -hmm. and you don't know where the next buck's coming from. But it's possible, and as long as you stay consistent and uh, are really going after it, like I said, I went door to door. I, I, to my knowledge, a lot of the other people in my industry, um, I don't know how they got started, Craigslist, whatever they might be doing. Um, but I felt like this business needed a more old-fashioned facelift where you're meeting the guy that you'll be dealing with. I know a lot of these people uh, behind the scenes, you, you never meet the owner of the company. I'm personally. I'm, I'm on every job, and I'm right. to do that for as long as I can, just right. because it, it does say a lot about how you care about your company. So, people starting out, I would say just absolutely go for it. There's, there's, there's only thing holding you back is your own brain. I don't care what your mom says, your dad, and your brother, your uncle. It, uh, funny enough, side note: someone very close to me when I was going to start the business, I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a moving company. I love antique furniture. Um, I, you know, I, can, I know how to move it already. I've been moving furniture my whole life." thinking about going for it and this person said to me you, you want to be a mover that that's what that you want to be a mover like he said it with such disdain in his voice right uh, i was like i was like and i thought about it later i said no i don't want to be a mover i want to be a successful business owner so i don't care boom yeah i don't care if you're if you 
selling something weird. Like it, 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 it was, I, almost, I almost said something else. I stopped myself. But I don't care what you're selling. I don't care what you're this doing. This is this is a this is a rated R podcast, so you can say whatever you want. Well, I was gonna say I don't care if you're selling dildos because <laughs> uh, as long as you're the best dildo salesman out there, somebody's doing it. Someone's doing it. Someone's making millions off. Of right now, somebody is sitting in their Ferrari because they're selling dildos. <laughs> you're not wrong. I'm glad you said it was a rated R podcast because that that's a, that's a, one of my main lines when people ask me this. Selling dildos, man. Just be the best dildo salesman out there. <laughs> so, and I, and I hold true to that. Yeah, it's all in your, it's all up to you. It's all in your head. Right. And so, starting from you know selling dildos to now moving, <laughs> but now, um, but so, but so now, the one thing that I wanna that I wanna connect on to because I don't think enough people think about this is the money aspect of it. So, so what causes any entrepreneur to quit falls onto their fucking income. Yep. And so 80% of small businesses fail in the first year. Mm-hmm. The, the chances get worse and worse, obviously, as the years go on. After you, I think after you reach the five-year mark, you're, like, you're, you're pretty good. But so in, in your mind, I'm curious to hear what you think on like when you were trying to find that book and you're like rolling around, like, did you ever have any self-doubt that you wanted to quit? Absolutely. You don't have a cap. We can make as much as as much money as we want because it depends on how hard we're working. Exactly, and it really does. You you can you can be Joe Blow Movers who's you know moves a couple catches a week and has enough to pay for you know an apartment. The white the white picket fence, and you're happy. Yeah, or you can be you know Amazon, FedEx, because at the end of the day, that's all they are. Amazon is is in the bare bones, in my opinion, they're a transport company. Yeah, logistics. It's logistics, and it's a major business. And if you have that mindset, then you can you can kill it in any mm-hmm. business. That so for me now, when I when I had my money struggles, like I to date now I was I was a lot younger, so but to date I had times where listen my my grandma helped me with my car with my with like my putting gas in my car. Um, you know, there were times where like, I, I mean, I lived home. So it wasn't like I was like looking for ramen noodles. I was eating whatever mom put on the table. Thank God. Shout out to Mama V and grandma for hooking it up. But the biggest thing though, is that like, <clears throat> maybe I don't, even if I was my age right now, the crazy thing for me is that I never, ever even think about quitting. Not anymore. Yeah. Because the biggest thing is that like, with training my brain and training my mind and getting myself to where it is today um, and going through getting the proverbial getting kicked in the nuts all the time at being a business owner, you know, what is the opposite? Like what's, what's the other side of quitting? Especially with this, like what I can, anybody can tomorrow, if you don't want to do this anymore, you can go get a job tomorrow somewhere. Anybody can, right? Yeah. What's the other side look like? You know, what, what, like why, why would anybody want that? You know, especially when you have, when you're, listen, and for the people out there who are listening, who are in college or who, who are in a career, like that's fine. There are two different types of people and it's completely okay. If you're not an entrepreneur, that doesn't mean anything is less of you. But people who are entrepreneurs, they're fucked up in the head. And I say that and I say that every podcast. You have something wrong in your head where it's like when you see a challenge, a failure, uncomfortability, you run towards it. The universe runs away from uncomfort, fear, challenges. And as an entrepreneur, you have to run towards the fucking fire. 
That's the crazy part. You have to be in the fucking fire running head on towards it. And everybody around you is like, well, is this guy nuts? Like, there's no money. There's no this. There's no that. How are you going to afford this? How can you afford that? You know, like, but as an entrepreneur, you don't think about that stuff. You're, you're foolish enough when you're in the beginning stages. You're foolish enough not to know. But that hunger drives you through that fire. Because you don't know, like, in theory, my first year in business, making four grand in one whole entire year is nothing. It's nothing. That's scary. That's scary. And so for me, the, so, but I never, ever, ever questioned. I would have to be dead before I ever gave up. How do you go back? I yeah. would, you can't. And so, but if I went to college and like I, some fucking swanky guy in the front of the room was like, hey, you know, this is what you need to do. And if you don't hit these numbers or if you don't hit these projections or if you don't blah, 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 like, like I would, I probably would have quit because I'd been like 4K, I can't live off this. Like this is nothing. This is a hobby. This is a joke. But I was foolish enough to not know any better. And I was hungry enough to make sure that my ass was going to do whatever it took. I went door to door for four years. Four fucking years. That's a long time. A long time, dude. In the winter time, that shit ain't pretty. In the winter time, going, <laughs> dude, popping out, popping out of your car, going door to door, freezing your ass off, sometimes keeping your car running, even though, even, even though knowing that like, I didn't have enough money to put gas in it. I would keep my car running because th- there, was, there was nothing worse than going in a plaza. I had my shit set. So I would drive to a new plaza. I would hit four to five plazas every day for four years. No joke. Every new one. Everyone in Brick I've hit. Everyone in Tom's River. Everyone in, um, oh my God, I hit Brick, Tom's River. I hit like Lacey. I hit a bunch of different places, dude, going up and down like Jersey. And I would walk in and get rejected instantly. A lot of people had no solicitation on their doors. Do you see the sign? Do you see the sign? I'd get one once in a while people who'd give me a shot. But running in and out in the wintertime, that right there to me, nothing will ever be that worse again. I know that. I know what it took for me to get to this place. And just like you and anybody listening right now who's starting their business, like you exactly did what I did. You didn't go to somebody and get funding from somebody. Like everything that I have done is John's fucking dollars. And every time I grow a business, I reinvest it and do this and that. And like you with getting your truck and getting bigger and getting your sexy ass fucking gear you got right now. You know, I know. Well, but the biggest thing though, is that like, that is part of the game. And so if you ever have an inkling as an entrepreneur that, Hey, I would quit over, you know, if if there was a terrible example, like I can't even think of one right now that'd be so tragic that anybody should quit, I would n- literally do, I would never quit. I would have to be dead. Yeah. And that is, that is the difference between somebody who's an entrepreneur and even a, there's a difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. A very big difference. A business owner is exactly what you said before. Somebody who goes, goes to work, does their job, and they don't, they don't essentially want to die with their work boots on. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> then, there's, then there's people who like myself and like you where I, the, the, the perfect example of this is in my old uh, Red Bank office, you know, I had this one real estate agent guy in the building and, uh, you know, he asked, he saw the stuff that I was doing. He saw that we were in New York and when I first met him, I was like 25. Um, and he's like, John, do you ever like take a break? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, have you been on vacation? Like, do you, like, wh- like what are your hours? And I'm like, my hours are 24 seven. Um, and I don't really ever unplug. So if I go on vacation, you know, I'm, I'm still working because I want to work. I love what I'm doing. He's like, yeah, you're going to die with your work boots on. Not me. I'm not dying with my work boots on. So he owned the real estate company and he's making money. He's doing okay for himself. But the whole point though was that for him, his, 
his comfort and his lifestyle become and his happiness and his and his peace comes before his business. But that's where I think people fuck that up because we've all been sold on this mentality that we should be living a balanced life. Well, but let's think about balance. If I told you to go stand on this table half on half off, you're it's like okay, well number one balance is really hard. And it's easier said than done. And people who created, or when the term balanced life, work balance, you know, work life balance, that was created because people hated what they did and they needed to mentally balance themselves out because they hated their job. They were stressed at work. They were fucking anxious at work all week long. And then when they get out of work, they had to balance themselves so they weren't just always miserable. Exactly. But there has to be that work life harmony. Like for me, and for you too, I see you posting all the time on, on Keep It Moving. Like, Anywhere I go is always an opportunity for me to grow adapting social or to do this or that, to get a card into somebody or like to, to help a business, right? So if people, if, if anybody listening out there doesn't feel that way about what they're doing, then run. <laughs> Just fucking run. Because work, I think of work as like a timeline plot. So anybody listening, like just picture like a timeline from like when you were born, whether it's so for me, 1991 to let's just say eventually let's say i live to be you know 80 years old or 70 years old right so from now to whatever the fuck that is right on a timeline scale not a good mad guy but 80 percent of my life is going to be working so if i hate what i'm doing or if like i'm not happy like why am i wasting 80 percent of my life because you essentially hate Right, because what what the fuck does money really mean anyway? Money's money's freedom coupons. So if I if if I'm doing something that I hate for these freedom coupons, am I really free? And they're not freedom coupons, and they're slavery coupons. Exactly. So like that's the biggest thing, man. Hold on, that was that was motherfucking fire for from both of us right there. Let's go. Come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> but that's the biggest thing. So if I if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing every day, and granted, every business has the stresses it comes with. So it doesn't mean that like, hey, I'm stressed out. This is hard. I'm leaving. Fuck this. But if if you're not fucking if if it doesn't get you giddy every day when you get out of bed, or like if if you find yourself saying like, fuck, I got to go to work today, like. That right there is a sure tell sign of you being in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. You have to listen to your body, man, because your body and your mind tells you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. That third eye. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but so we are we are running out of time here, Joe. But one thing I always like to do. Okay. Right, Liz. So so one thing that I like to do, Joe on the Howard Stern show no, is I like to put people on the spot. And just cause you're family, it don't make you no different. So what is a life quote that you would say really resonates with you? Okay. And don't say live, laugh, love. I won't. Cause I'm saying what Bruce Lee, I'm going to chop this up. Chop this up he right said, now. He like water. That's what <laughs> Be like water. Essentially, you have to mold to every situation and kind of roll the punches. And I think that that's in my head every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, Roll with it because you're gonna get shit thrown at you every day when you do this. And I do literally every day. That's why when people complain about their problems, like, oh, I didn't get a raise this month. I'm like, well, you know, I just got, I just lost five grand. So, (laughs) so you just kind of have to roll with it and, and know that it's not gonna last. So that 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 
phrase resonates with me a lot every day where I'm just reminding myself to be like water. I love that, man. I love that. You know what? I've seen that. I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, and fucking, um, I love, I love about that quote because he, he references the water and he says, don't be like the glass because the glass doesn't move. Glass doesn't form and the glasses will always just be the glass. That's it. Mm-hmm. The water can form to anything, yep. can adapt to anything. And that's, that's no pun intended, adapt. But, but the biggest thing though is that somebody like him, he was all about psychology. He was fucking really, he had his shit together up, upstairs. Um, but mine, actually, we, we had our social team posted it today. Um, you know, and I will always consistently say this forever. But for me, it's live a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. And that's just a part of the entrepreneurship game. And honestly, for anybody that's listening today, it's not just about business when I say that. It could be if you're trying to get jacked, if you're trying to get healthier, if you're trying to, you know, make a better relationship with you and your, you know, spouse. Like, you, it's always going to be harder in the beginning. It will always be. When you start that gym, like, it ain't the easiest thing in the world. You got to get yourself motivated. You don't see the results, you know, the first few weeks. And you're like, what am I getting up, you know, to do this for? And then, like, eventually... Right, that shit pops out, and then yes. you start looking real good. So far. Those, <laughs> the washboard. Yeah. Um, but listen, man, thank you so much for being here today. I love, you, I love you, man, and I appreciate you. And listen, and I and I really truly think that time is the only asset we don't get back. So, like you being here today means the world to me. I think you've added an incredible amount of value to anybody that has been listening to this or that will listen to this. And um, you know, and and we appreciate you, man. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and, for, and for anybody out there, I like to end off always with disrupting the mind, right? Because most people, when you see people out or like if you're having a conversation, as a human, we're like almost always on autopilot. We're always just kind of like, hey, how are you? How's it going? Other things great? Okay, good. See you later. Have a good day. Like, I hate that. So like when I talk to people, what I like to always try to, to instill or in myself to do is say, create a great day. Because when I tell you to have a good day, that's autopilot John telling you, hey, you know, see you later. But it also, to you, makes you think in your subconscious mind, like, you're not in control of your day. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Meaning like, hey, ho- hopefully, hopefully it's okay. <laughs> exactly. But um, the biggest thing is that you are the pilot. You're in control. You're driving your life. And when people are on autopilot, they don't realize that. When you say stuff like create a great day, they're like, what? What did you just say? Yeah, you need to. It's yours. And but so anybody listening, like, don't just create a great day. Don't just create a great week. Create a great life for yourself because we're in control of it. You know, like if we don't want to do certain things, we don't. We have the ability to not do them. If we want to do great things, we have the ability to do them. And by the way, really quickly, I don't know if you remember this, but but actually, this past time that we went out to dinner, where you got really drunk, and by you I mean me, <laughs> but but. Do you remember? I was trying to remember that Frank Sinatra line and I couldn't remember it. I, yes. Well, do you remember it now? I remember it now. So, because Frank Sinatra is a savage. Of course. But he's, in one of his lines, this is why I love Frank because he's got that entrepreneur in him too. He said, one of the lines say, who knows where the road will go? Only a fool will say. So when he says that, right? That's like, again, that's that autopilot where it's like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, he said that they're a fool because they control that, right? And most people think that way. You got to think like Frank. You know what I'm saying? Be like Frank. Be like Frank. Put a cigar in your mouth. Have some scotch. 
and come fly with me. <laughs> so everybody listening, thank you. We appreciate your time, attention today. And please share, uh, share the love. You know, let people know about the podcast. We really want to help entrepreneurs, you know, not just with the sexy things about entrepreneurship, but the, but the nitty gritty stuff. And we try to help by having, you know, new entrepreneurs in here, uh, seasoned vets in here, um, that can just add massive value. And also, where can they find you, Joe? What's your, what's your social handles? Which, you know, all that stuff. I am mainly on Instagram, uh, keep it moving NJ. So follow me, keep it moving NJ. I post lots of furniture. I'm going to start taking John's advice, posting some tips throughout the day. Yes. Some testimonials. So we'll see some good stuff. Get it, get it. All right, everybody, create a great day. Thank you.